This is the Locked On Aggies podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Travis, the Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source of everything Texas A&M athletics, a part of the Locked On podcast network, your team every day. Just a reminder, you can follow the show on Twitter at at Locked On Aggies. You can also follow myself on Twitter at TaylorTravis15. And if you ever have a question for the show, we like to open up the mailbag. I like uh, listener interaction. It makes the show easier for me, and I'm sure it makes it more entertaining for you at times. But if you ever have a question for the show, if you ever have a question for me, you can either A, email the show, LockedOnAggies at gmail.com. That's LockedOnAggies, all one word, at gmail.com. Or you can tweet me at TaylorTravis15, or you can tweet the show at LockedOnAggies. You can also DM either one, direct message, the direct messages are open, and I do check those frequently, so I'm pretty quick to respond. And more than likely, if you do ask a question, if it's a good question, if I like it, it'll, it will be read on the show, and I will address it. So keep that in mind. I do enjoy hearing from my listeners. It's always fun. Uh, who am I? In case you're a new listener, if you are, I appreciate you. Welcome in. Uh, we've had a lot of new listeners within the last week. Again, the show's still brand new. We've been around for, I guess, maybe a week and two days now. It's hard to believe it's going by so fast. But if you're a new listener... You're not sure. You're not sure who I am. I'm Taylor Travis. Uh, I'm a swing host at Sports Radio 1150 in the Zone 102.7 FM in College Station. I'm also a producer. I'm a reporter, and I'm also the afternoon sports anchor on News Talk 1620 WTAW. But I've been here in College Station for a long time. I went to Texas A&M for a while, and I've been covering Texas A&M for about three years now. So I'm pretty familiar with the football program. I'm pretty familiar with the athletic department in general. I know quite a bit about Texas A&M athletics. So I'm excited to bring you this podcast, Locked on Aggies, every day. And it's really been a privilege. And I have I look forward every day to recording the podcast, to be quite honest with you. So it's definitely been fun. And I'm excited to keep this thing rolling as time goes on and just to just see how it grows. But I, again, I appreciate you for listening. I appreciate all the new listeners. And I can't wait to grow with you. And I'm excited to get this thing rolling. Uh, rundown for today. We're going to talk. We have a lot to get to, really. The Arkansas game's coming up on Saturday. And I kept... Looking and looking, I recorded all the Arkansas games. I went back and watched a few of them, and I was looking for a strength because if you look at that Arkansas team, it's a really bad team overall. But I didn't find a really good strength. I want to talk about that a little bit later on. I also want to talk about how this game's always played at a neutral site. It's played at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, uh, Jerry World, as most of you like to call it. And I know a lot of college football fans, myself included. I'm not a very big fan of that, honestly. I, I never really like neutral site games. I think it takes away from the pageantry. It takes away from the atmosphere, especially a place like AT&T that I'm just really not a big fan of. But Jimbo Fisher talked about that during his press conference on Monday. They asked him, you know, is there any benefits to having a neutral site game in a place like the Dallas Metroplex? And he did say that he thinks it benefits recruiting. And he said that it also benefits A&M in another way. We'll get to that in the second segment of the show. And uh, we have a lot more to get to as well. I can't wait to get this show rolling. But one thing I want to talk about right off the bat, and we're going to talk about this more tomorrow, but I want to hit on it just a little bit today, is like I said just a couple minutes ago, I've been watching this Arkansas team all week, trying to figure out if they have a strength. And it took me a while to figure this out. It took me until I watched the Auburn game. Because quite frankly, the only thing I did with that Auburn-Arkansas game, I looked at the final score. That's all I really cared about because... It seemed like, to me, Auburn was going to run away with that game. I mean, you look at Arkansas this year. They've been pretty bad. They beat Eastern Illinois to start the year. Eastern Illinois, a school that I'm sure most of you didn't know existed. 
And then they lost to a really bad Colorado State team. Now, how bad is Colorado State? Well, you look at Colorado State's schedule. They lost to Hawaii, who I think is actually a pretty good team this year. They got demolished by Colorado. They lost to Illinois State. That's what I'm trying to get at. They lost to Illinois State, the Redbirds, in FCS school, not even the same division as Colorado State. So if Arkansas lost to Colorado State, who lost to Illinois State, you must be thinking they're a pretty bad football team, right? By the way, the next week they lost to North Texas 44-17, which is a bad loss for an SEC school, but I will say North Texas is a pretty good team this year. Their quarterback, Mason Fine, is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Uh, They look like a really good football team. I'm excited to see how their year turns out. But when I saw the final score, 34-3 against Auburn, I kind of thought, you know, that wasn't as bad as I thought, but maybe Auburn took their feet off the gas. You know, maybe it was that kind of thing. So earlier today, I took a closer look at the box score. Remember, I didn't really look at this very close at all until today. And the first thing that jumped out to me is the rushing yards allowed. Now, Auburn, as many of you know, anybody who's followed SEC football for a while knows that Auburn loves to run the football, and they're generally at the top of the conference in rushing yards on offense. Uh, Going into the game against Arkansas, they were in the top 30 in the country. So they're a team who, even without Kerryon Johnson, even without Cameron Petway, they still really like to run the football, and they're still pretty good at it. But against Arkansas, they only ran for 119 yards. That's it. 119. They averaged two and a half yards per rush. What did Arkansas do to stop Auburn? That's what was kind of crossing my mind. I was thinking, did Auburn just play poorly? Is Arkansas's run defense good? There's no way, right? Right? And you look at that 34-3 final score, it really should have been closer than that because the Arkansas special teams unit just collapsed. They gave up a kickoff return for a touchdown. They allowed a block punt, which led to really good field position and a touchdown for Auburn. And they also allowed a big punt return that set Auburn up near the red zone and also resulted in an Auburn touchdown. So that 34-3 final score, on the surface, it looks like a blowout, but really, it was a lot closer than the score indicated. But circling back to my previous thought, there's no way Arkansas has that good of a run defense to hold Auburn to 119 yards rushing, right? There's just no way. Well, I got curious, and I looked up the top teams in the NCAA as far as rushing defense goes. Well, I started at the very top thinking it's going to take me a long time to get to Arkansas. I started at number one, Michigan State, number two, San Diego State, three, Air Force, four, Oregon, five, Miami, six, Iowa, and I got to number seven, and my jaw dropped. Arkansas ranked seventh in the country in run defense. Seventh. That blew my mind. I'm somebody who keeps up with college football. I keep up with the SEC. But I guess just seeing the scores of the Arkansas games every week, knowing how bad Arkansas is, it never dawned on me that Arkansas had a shutdown run defense. Or at least it appears so. I mean, other than Auburn, they haven't really played anybody very good. But they shut down Auburn. That was something that really caught my eye. And that's something I think we're going to need to address probably on tomorrow's show. Because we have a lot uh, in store for today's show already. So we're going to talk about that more on tomorrow's show. But Texas A&M has already had problems running the ball against Auburn and Clemson. Good defensive fronts. And you look at the stats. Obviously, the stats don't tell the whole story, but they can definitely give you a good idea. It looks to me like Arkansas has a really good run defense. Seventh in the country. I bet you'd know that. Seventh in the country. Will Texas A&M be able to get something going on the ground against Arkansas? That remains to be seen. 
We'll find out Saturday, 11 o'clock at Jerry World. Uh, it should be a good game. A lot of good storylines that we'll talk about later on in the week. Chad Morris, the former Texas A&M student. John Chavis, the former Texas A&M defensive coordinator. Uh, now the defensive coordinator at Arkansas. Rakeem Boyd, the starting running back for Arkansas, who was once uh, in Aggie. A lot of good storylines there that we'll get to later in the week. Uh, but coming up next, I want to talk about the whole neutral site aspect. You know, the games played at AT&T Stadium at Jerry World in Dallas. Uh, is it good for recruiting? What's really the point of playing in a neutral site? Do I like it? Do fans like it? What does Texas A&M head coach Jimbo Fisher think about it? We'll dive into that right after I tell you about Vivid Seats. You know, I'm probably a lot like you. You're probably a sports fan. I'm a sports fan. And one of my favorite things to do with friends, or sometimes even by myself, is to go to a game. I love watching live sporting events. I also love concerts. I'm a big music guy as well. I like theater. I like going to shows. Just anything about a live event. Just something about a live event. I really enjoy. But there's one place I go to buy my tickets, and that's Vivid Seats. It's convenient. It's easy. They have a 100% buyer guarantee, which I'm a big fan of, knowing that I'm guaranteed my tickets. But to make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving my listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. If you're a new customer, if you haven't used Vivid Seats, sign up, download the app on the App Store or Google Play. It's just called the Vivid Seats app. And use promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Remember, this is new customers only. Go to the App Store, go to Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, Enter promo code locked on for $20 off orders of $200 or more, new customers only. And remember, every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. If you're looking to go to the game this weekend, if there's a concert you have your eye on, there's really no other place to look. I recommend you go to Vivid Seats. Again, 100% buyer guarantee. Promo code locked on for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Welcome back to the Locked On Aggies podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Travis, at TaylorTravis15 on Twitter. The Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source of all things Texas A&M athletics. A part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A Texas A&M Arkansas facing off Saturday, 11 a.m. from Jerry World from AT&T Stadium. Not at Kyle Field, not in Fayetteville. It's at AT&T Stadium as it has been for... I think it's the last seven of nine years. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Seven of the last nine years. Uh, it's about to be eight of the last ten. If you remember, Texas A&M and Arkansas faced each other in Arlington back when Texas A&M was still in the Big 12 in 2009, 2010, and 2011. And then when Texas A&M moved to the SEC, the game went back to College Station and then Fayetteville. And then they moved the Southwest Classic back to Arlington for the 2014 season. That's where it's been ever since. Uh, ever since Texas A&M joined the SEC, Texas A&M has had Arkansas's number. They haven't lost to Arkansas once since joining the SEC. I'm sure that trend will continue this year because I do think Arkansas gives Texas A&M a couple matchup problems, but Texas A&M should be able to handle them pretty easily, I would think. But that being said, again, neutral site game. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know how you feel about it. We're about to find out how Jimbo Fisher feels about it, but I'll tell you right now, one thing I don't like is AT&T Stadium. And I think that's what's kind of ruined neutral site games for me. Now, this might be an unpopular opinion. 
I know a lot of Cowboys fans personally who love AT&T Stadium. I don't. I really don't. I think it's too nice. I think it's too nice. That might sound dumb, but it's just when I walk into AT&T Stadium, I don't feel like I'm at a football game. Does that make sense? It's just, it doesn't feel like a football game. And no matter where you're sitting, that Jumbotron they have, which is enormous, you find yourself watching the Jumbotron and not the game on the field. At least I do. And I know that's the case for several other people I've talked to, but your eyes always drift over to that big Jumbotron. And if I'm going to watch the Jumbotron, why shouldn't I just stay at home, sit on my couch, and watch the game from there? It's more comfortable. It's probably a lot cheaper. I don't know. That's just my take. I've never been a big fan of AT&T Stadium, especially for a college game. Now, for an NFL game, that might be a little bit different. You might have an argument there. But for a college game, a big part of the college game for me is the pageantry, the atmosphere of different stadiums, the home field advantages. I mean, if you've ever been to Kyle Field, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I've been to a lot of the stadiums in the SEC. I've been to Kyle Field, Tiger Stadium. I've been to Vaught Henningway and Ole Miss. I've been to the Swamp in Gainesville. And there's just something about each one of those places which is so unique. The atmosphere is always different. The pageantry is always different. And when you have these games at neutral sites, especially AT&T Stadium, you take that aspect away. It's no longer special. Yeah, I'm sure it's a great game a lot of times, but you still don't have that atmosphere that you have. You don't have that college football feel that you would have if this game was played at Kyle Field or up in Fayetteville. That's just me. Now, an argument a lot of people have for having these neutral site games, especially at AT AT&T Stadium, is there's a lot of really good football recruits in the Dallas Metroplex. And by playing in Dallas, both Arkansas and Texas A&M, Dallas is about halfway. You expose yourself to those recruits. You're able to reach out to them. They're able to come watch you play. And Jimbo Fisher was asked about that exact thing in his press conference on Monday. He was asked, is there an advantage as far as recruiting goes by playing at AT&T Stadium? So let's hear what he had to say about that. By the way, all audio played during this podcast is courtesy of WTAW, News Talk 1620 WTAW in College Station. But here's Jimbo Fisher. I think anytime you get a chance to expose yourself to other parts of Texas and the great city of Dallas, and that's a huge area for us to recruit. It's a great venue to go play in. I mean, that's as nice a place as there is in the country. Uh, it's beneficial for fans, that, you know, our, our fans that get to go up, stay up there and see, and other fans that get to come down from even farther north or wherever that are A&M fans. I, I think it's a very good thing. I mean, I, to, to ask me, do I ever want to walk out of Kyle Field? No. Let's take one of our away games and move it up there. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, I mean, you don't ever want to walk out of this venue and, and what's here, but that is a tremendous venue to play, and I think it's a great opportunity for us, and it is good for us. So Jimbo Fisher thinks it's a good thing for recruiting. I mean, I can see where it would be. I also think this day and age, I know it's not the same as watching a team play in person, but this day and age, every single one of A&M's games are nationally televised, and that's the case for most teams around the country now. So it's not like these recruits can't watch Texas a and play. Now, I know it's different when they're able to see the team in person, maybe have a conversation with the coaches, maybe some of the players. That's different. But I just don't know if it's really as big of an advantage as they make it out to be. That's just me, though. I could be completely wrong on this. I'm not a recruiting guy by any means. I'm not a coach. I'm not around these kids. Maybe it does make a huge difference. But I don't know. I just have a hard time buying it. Now, Jimbo Fisher did say... There's other benefits to playing AT&T Stadium besides just recruiting. He said this. No, I think it does help. I'll tell you where else I think it helps, too. I think when you do are fortunate enough to go play in bowl games, or if you're lucky and we we start getting getting to the levels of playing in playoff games, neutral site games, things like that, your kids are in atmospheres and environments that aren't either at their home 
or your home because that's the way you play those types of games, big major bowl games and all bowl games and playoff games. So I think that's always good. The more you can put your kids in that kind of situation, I think it's a growing experience for them to learn it where it's a 50-50 crowd and you know nobody has a home field advantage, blah, blah, blah. I think all those things are, are good. And the more venues and big venues you can play in like that, not just stadiums here, but I mean, you know, like where you'd play a playoff game because that's where the one of the, they're always going to be a playoff game every, what, couple years or whatever in, in uh, Dallas. You know, it's one of the spots. So I think any of those times you can play in those spots, it's good. You know, if there's one thing Jimbo Fisher does, and he does a lot of things I like, but if there's one thing he does well, he knows how to answer a question. Did you catch that at the very end? He said the college football playoff is played in Dallas every couple years. He plans on taking this Texas A&M program to the college football playoff sooner rather than later. I think it's only a matter of time because the culture change is already uh, its already obvious to me. His fingerprint is all over this football program. And give him a couple years to get his own players on the team. Give him a couple years to just fully just have the players buy into his program. And I think Texas A&M's can be a legitimate playoff contender. But it's really interesting what he said about wanting his players to get used to playing in a venue like that because he's exactly right. Most big bowl games, playoff games are played in those neutral sites, those big facilities where the crowd's 50-50. Very, very interesting and a very good answer from Jimbo Fisher there. That has to get you excited if you're a Texas A&M fan. I mean, I went to Texas A&M. I consider myself a fan as well. That gets me excited. It has to get you excited, right? In just a little bit, I'm going to answer another mailbag question we had come in. But before that, I want to tell you about FanDuel. You know, I love to play fantasy football. It's one of my favorite things to do. One of my favorite times of year where I get together with my friends and we have our annual fantasy football draft. It's hard to beat that. But I really love playing fantasy football with FanDuel, Daily Fantasy, because they give me options. It's not your normal run-of-the-mill fantasy football. They do have that. They have options for that. But there's so many other games you can play. And maybe my favorite game is Gridiron Pick'em, because it's easy. All you do is you choose the winning games for all of the Sunday games. There's no spreads. It's just straight up. $10,000 are split among all the top pickers every week. So if there's 100 people tied at the top, that gets split between 100 people. If you're the only guy who picked all the games right, guess what? $10,000, it's yours. It's easy. You just log in, you pick the winners, and you wait. You watch the games, and at the end of the day, you just might be $10,000 richer. Guys, I've played FanDuel for a long time. I strongly recommend it. So go play with me on Sunday. I'll be there. I hope to see you there, too. That's FanDuel.com. You can also download the FanDuel app. Again, I strongly recommend it. So many different options, so many games you can play. FanDuel.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Aggies podcast. I'm Taylor Travis, your host. The Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source of everything Texas A&M athletics, a part of the Locked On podcast network, your team every day. Uh, Had another question come into my mailbag. That question was from Garrett. Garrett asked, you predicted 8-4 and four before the season started, but has your uh, prediction changed at all after watching the first four games of the season, watching Texas A&M play, as well as some of the future opponents? That's a good question. It's something I was kind of revisiting earlier this this week. Again, I picked 8-4. and four. Uh, You know, to be honest with you, I thought that eight wins might have been a little bit generous at the beginning of the year. I thought there was just too many question marks. Uh, revolving around this team in the secondary, the offensive line. As much as I believed in Kellamon, as much as I heard that Kellamon was as improved as he is, I still kind of had some doubts in the back of my mind. 
But after watching this team play through four games, they took care of business against the two weaker teams, Northwestern State and Louisiana Monroe. They took Clemson down to the wire at home. And against Alabama, they competed for a while. They had their opportunities to make that a close game. They didn't look like they were that outmatched, if that makes sense. So through four games, have my predictions changed? I would say no, but yes at the same time. I still think eight games is probably the most realistic. Eight wins, I should say, is the most realistic for this team. But I will say that nine wins becoming more and more likely, at least to me. Because you look at teams like South Carolina, who I thought that game was a big-time toss-up in Columbus. I thought South Carolina had the potential to be a serious contender in the SEC East. They had the potential to be a 10-win team. They haven't really looked the part so far this year. So you have games like that, who I'm starting to favor Texas A&M in. But at the same time, you have teams like Kentucky, who's looking really good. You also have games like Ole Miss, who Texas A&M should win. But at the same time, what does Ole Miss do well? Well, they throw the ball. They have the best receiving core in the SEC with A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Demarcus Lodge. They have a really good quarterback in Jordan Tiamu. That could very well be a shootout. That could be one of those games where the first team to turn the ball over loses. I could see that. Now, do I expect it to? Not necessarily, but it's definitely in play. Again, Texas A&M, a much better team all the way across the board than Ole Miss, but it's always a possibility. You also have teams like LSU, who I thought Texas A&M would beat coming into the season. But LSU right now, hey, they're ranked number five. They beat Auburn. They look really good. They really do. So I would say my season prediction for Texas A&M is going to remain at 8-4. and four, But nine wins from what I've seen so far from Texas A&M against Clemson, against Alabama, I think they can get to nine. I really do. But if I had to take a guess, I would still say eight. Now looking at the future, the, the schedule from here on out, they got Arkansas. I'd say it's a win. Kentucky's going to be tough, but I think that's a win as well. That puts them at 4-2. and two. South Carolina would be another win. That's 5-2. and two. Mississippi State, I still think, is a really good team. I still think they're going to be a big challenge. I think that's probably a 50-50 game. Let's say they win that. That puts them at 6-2. and two. Auburn is going to be tough. In Auburn, I would say Texas A&M probably loses that. So that's 6-3. and three. You have Ole Miss team coming into College Station, who I think Texas A&M can still beat, even though it could be a tough matchup for Texas A&M, just matchup-wise. I mean, the Ole Miss offense against the Texas A&M secondary, it could be tough. But I'll give them a win. So that's 7-2. and two. And then you got UAB, who Texas A&M will beat. And then you got LSU, who before the season I thought Texas A&M would beat, but that's a toss-up to me. To me, that game is going to determine whether or not Texas A&M wins eight or nine games. I think matchup-wise, it sort of favors A&M, and that A&M has a really good run defense. They'll be able to stop that LSU offense fairly well. But at the same time, that LSU defense is really, really good. And I think if I had to guess right now, LSU probably wins that game. Texas A&M finishes the year 8-4, and four, which year one under Jimbo Fisher, I think that's a big success. I don't ever think it was about wins and losses in year one. I think it was more about the product on the field, about the culture change, whether or not he can put his fingerprints on this football team uh, from year one. And so far, he has. He really has. He's winning the football team over. You can just see it on the field as far as toughness goes, as far as overcoming adversity goes. They look like a Jimbo Fisher coach football team. And to me, if they end the year 8-4, and four, which I expect right now, that's a successful season. That's a really successful season for year one under Jimbo Fisher. Because 8-4, and four, I don't think, hurts your recruiting momentum. Because recruits know what's going on in College Station. They know Jimbo Fisher 
is one of the few active head coaches to have won a national championship. And I'm sure they can see as much as anybody the culture change and just the fact that Texas A&M is turning into a program which expects to compete for national championships year in and year out. That wasn't necessarily the case before, but it is now. And if the recruiting momentum can stay the way it is right now, again, Texas A&M ranked number one in this year's recruiting class, according to ESPN. If that can keep going, Jimbo Fisher is going to have a lot of really good players on his teams. And I think Texas A&M will contend for a college football playoff berth sometime within the next three years. I'll say that. Sometime within the next three years, before 2021. Texas A&M fans should be really excited about what's going on in College Station right now because it's special. That's going to do it for today's episode. On tomorrow's episode, we're going to dive deeper into Arkansas. Uh, we kind of teased it a little bit in the first segment, but you know, I discovered earlier today that their run defense is something serious, and I want to answer the question, is that something to be concerned about if you're a Texas A&M fan? Do I expect Texas A&M to struggle against Arkansas? We'll get to that tomorrow on Locked On Aggies. But for now, thanks for listening to Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Taylor Travis, at TaylorTravis15 on Twitter. You can also follow the show at Locked On Aggies. Locked On Aggies, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.